sitting is being this awareness that we always are. Of course, this awareness doesn't require anything extra, isn't limited to sitting or even limited to, quote, you or me. Everyone, everything you encounter is nothing but this. And awareness is the functioning of who we are. And yet we find all sorts of ways to miss this because, well, we say it in the practice principles, caught in self-centered dream, holding holding to self-centered. We say thoughts, but it's thoughts. It's thoughts that we call emotions. It's thoughts that we call feelings. It's all sorts of other judgments, beliefs about what we hear, see, even the idea that we hear, we see, yes and no. In fact, one of the reasons we encourage sitting with the eyes half opened, with the ears opened, is because this whole functioning of being human is not inside as opposed to outside. And when we close it off, though it's important to do at various times, it's skillful to do at various times, if we believe it, then as sometimes said by ancestors, it's creating a dark cave that we become trapped in. So, sitting is upright, but it's, and the whole universe and all the beings we encounter And it's not just sitting, of course, but sitting, what should I say, allows us to notice the enchantments, allows us to be disenchanted from the dreams and the stories that we add on to feelings and thoughts, to what we hear and see and smell and taste and so on and so forth. Holding to self-centered thoughts. And that's what makes difficulties with what we see here etc. So sometimes we have to do things like talk about practice. Really you don't need it because you from the beginning are this awareness or as Wang Po said Buddhas and all sentient beings, all beings, are only one mind. There are no other dharmas, meaning there are no other things besides that one mind. Again, mind is not such a good word 
for us Westerners, or for, let me say it differently, for us intelligent humans of all sorts, because we attribute mind to something that's mine. We add on the self to mind. And it is, but it isn't. At the same time, as another Chan ancestor, Shwancha, says, all the world in the ten direction are the true human body, meaning your true human body, my true human body, and the true human body of every one you encounter. Not just human, but let's stay with human since we have enough difficulties with humans. That's who we have most our difficulties with, not with our dogs or cats or the birds or the other beings that we encounter, though we might have difficulties with those as well. So, One of the reasons I encourage you in opening comments last night to know that all of our activities and functioning of Sashin are our practice opportunity. Of course, I don't need to say Sashin. Again, Sashin is this unified mind, another way of saying one mind, though specifically in the text it says one line mind or one heart mind. Isin one mind. So for Sashin, one of the things I want to will talk about is a fascicle in the Shobo Genzo by Dogen called Henzan, meaning could be interpreted as all-inclusive study or all-inclusive practice. Even the title is tells us everything we need to know. Our life is all-inclusive practice. All-inclusive is the opposite of what we want to do. We want to do all-exclusive. Either all-exclusive me, or all that I want to exclude. I want to exclude him because he's difficult, and her because... She's difficult and those memories and feelings because, oh, and don't get me started on my next door neighbor and go on and go forth. And those are just the easy ones. So all inclusive in and of itself, it tells us everything we need to do. No. And the word Hansan also means all-inclusive in the sense of face-to-face practice with a teacher. So that san or zan can be pronounced different ways in Japanese is the same character that we use when we talk about doksan or daisan or Sanzen, the words that are used for um, face-to-face practice with the teacher. Um, But, before I get into that text, I want to say a few more words Sometimes it's used also for extensive study, meaning we pilgrimage. 
we go from here to there, this teacher, or in various parts of Asia when one was a practitioner, one would pilgrimage to various places to practice. So that's also implied in that text, in that phrase, hence Um, But we also pilgrimage. Every one of us pilgrimages in different ways to meet other individuals who we interact with. We don't think of them as our, quote, teachers, though we easily say in the practice principles, life as it is, the only teacher. But when we go to visit our cousin or uncle or friend, we don't remember that we're going to see a teacher. And when we speak to them, sometimes we forget, or even when we speak to our partners or closer intimates, we forget to ask ourselves, before I say this, does it need to be said? Sometimes we forget to ask ourselves, is this really so, what I'm saying? And if I think it really needs to be said, does it need to be said for me or does it need to be said for them? Does it need to be said, leave aside said, done now? Or is that really so if I insist I really need to tell them this, whoever the them is? Whether it's someone close or someone work, someone a stranger, Do I really need to say it to myself when we go into some sort of loop of commenting about those others? So, all-inclusive practice means, as I said, all the world in the ten directions are not only quote, the true human body, but our human body, meaning as they are, they are our human body. Except if we want to hold on to self-centered thoughts, and then we say, that body isn't doing it the way I know they should. That person needs to get fixed. And I know how to fix them. Or, quote me, this person needs to get fixed. And I know how to fix it. All-inclusive study. So let me start, I'll read the first... chapter, the first, no, the first paragraph of this fascicle. The great way of the Buddhas and ancestors is study and penetration of the ultimate limit, which means ultimate limit. That's everything you encounter in your life is the study and penetration opportunity. Meaning, when you come down for breakfast and you say good morning, whether you say good morning, whether you hold on to something, whether someone else says good morning back to you in the way you want, or they don't, or when you walk on the street, I've told 
some of you that I make a practice of everyone I encounter, at least I attempt to, unless I'm caught up in something, I say good morning to, good afternoon, good evening. I say thank you whenever there's the opportunity. Because it's my practice. I'm not, my thank you is as much my opportunity of practice, of being together as this one human body, this one true body universe. See, so what, and if you can't say good morning to someone, right there is a wonderful practice opportunity. If you have considerations, doesn't mean someone you have to know. Well, you can say, I don't know him. I don't know her. What are they going to think if I say good morning? Hello. Goodbye. Those are just self-centered thoughts that get in the way of manifesting this one true body that you are. That we are. I shouldn't say that you are, but you are in the plural. You are in the multiple, not even plural, because singular and plural are just conventions that we're adding on to this one true body. Not one, not two. It's just this functioning, this functioning, T-H-I-S as opposed to D-I-S, this functioning of one mind. No other dharmas besides that, meaning no other dharmas, dharmas phenomena. Of course, we'll talk about all phenomena coming forth as our life, manifesting ourselves when we look at Genjo Koan. But nevertheless, the great way of the Buddhas and ancestors is study and penetration of the ultimate limit. It is to, quote, go without a string at your feet. It is clouds aroused underfoot. Those are two quotes, and I'll get back to them, maybe. Nevertheless, though it, this is so, it is a flower opens and the world arises. It is, I always care for this. Therefore, sweet melon is sweet through to its stem. Bitter gourd is bitter to its root. Sweet Sweetness is sweet through to the stem and bitter, bitter through to the stem. This is how it has been studied. I'll read one more paragraph and then come back to this. The great master Shongji of Mount Shuansha was once addressed by Shui Feng, who said, why don't you go off on extensive study? Obviously, he's using the emphasis on traveling pilgrimage. Shuansha said, Bodhidharma did not come to the eastern land. The second ancestor didn't go to the western heavens. Shui Feng deeply approved this. The principle of extensive study is the study of a flip. It is, quote, don't do even the noble truths, close quote. It is, what stages are there? Another quote. Okay, so let me stop here and go back and pick up a few points. Some of you might recall 
that um, we've had newsletters where the calligraphy, I think we've used the calligraphy twice, says a single flower blooms, spring arrives. In a way that's the same as this a flower opens and the world arises. In a way that's what we always have as our opportunity. Always. And yet we think there are special and not so special. We miss that every flower that opens, every word we hear, is the world arising. Every taste that we taste is the universe coming forth at this moment awareness life. Now, of course, all of this is extra. Awareness is just who, what you are. You don't have to do anything for that. You can't miss it. And yet we somehow can manage to miss it. For those of you who are interested, this phrase, a flower opens and the world arises, comes from a poem written by or no, let me say it differently attributed to Bodhidharma's teacher who said the Tathagata passed the eye of the true Dharma to the great Mahakashapa I shouldn't say great Mahakashapa just play Mahakashapa that means great Kashapa In this way, it is transmitted to me. I now bequeath it to you. Here is the verse. So this is a transmission verse. The seed grows from the mind ground. Principle arises from phenomena. When the fruit ripens, Bodhi is complete. A flower opens. The world arises. So that's where that phrase comes from for those of you who have interest in such matters. But we need to hear it that it's a confirmation of this mind-mind transmission, this Tathagata manifesting, which is us manifesting. Tathagata or Tathagata however you pronounced it, thus come, thus gone, is the name of, used to speak of the Buddha, the name the Buddha uses to refer to himself in the sutras after awakening. And it's your name. It's your name in the sense that Buddha says, I and all beings together attain the way. All beings of the great earth are the wisdom and perfection of the Tathagata. Meaning, the wisdom that sees reality and perfection that functioning functions as this reality. Except that we hold on to delusion and attachments, or we believe enchantments and self-centeredness, if I say it in that way. So we miss it. So I want to say a few more words about this, because I've already been speaking a lot. This text this dialogue. The text wants to first clarify what's the, what should I say, the consequence, not the consequence, what's the manifestation of this 
reality life that we are. This reality practice, great way of Buddhas and ancestors, this all-encompassing study, practice, it's sweet, is sweet through to its stem, bitter is bitter to the root. In a way, sweet, bitter are ways of speaking of exactly the universe of our life and that that exactly is the manifesting of one mind, meaning bitter is bitter, sweet is sweet, sad is sad, grieving is grieving, and yet we don't gain anything by self-centering it, by adding self-centeredness to the phenomena of this moment of arising human circumstances, life circumstances. See, that's the important part. There's nothing lacking of bitter, of grieving, of sadness, of hurt. Nothing lacking, nothing that needs to be fixed and nothing that needs to be held on to. Because if we do, then we miss the rest, so to speak, of our life. It's not the rest. We miss this awareness that is this life in holding on to, in reacting, even with the bitter, much less with the sweet. Of course, it's easy to say such things about fruit, things we eat. That About those we don't get so upset as we do about someone else doing or not doing something. Someone else saying something. Then we give ourselves permission to do or say all sorts of things. That's why in the precepts we have a precept of not speaking of the faults of others. It's not to try to make believe that, quote, the so-called faults aren't there. But when we speak of them, we speak of them out of self-centeredness. Then we miss the one body whole universe that they are that we are See? then we miss what their life our life is because we believe our putting them down or elevating ourselves or vice versa so Let me go to this dialogue for a few moments and then maybe we can talk about some of the things I said. In a way, this dialogue doesn't make sense. What does this mean? Dogen will talk about it and we'll get to that. But I just want to pose the question. Feng, also known as Seppo, speaks to his disciple Xuansha or Gensha. You've heard of Gensha. He talks about the whole universe is one bright pearl. I've talked about that before. He asks him, why don't you go to extent or do extensive study? Xuansha says, Bodhidharma didn't come to the eastern land. Now, some of you know who Bodhidharma is, and Bodhidharma is famous for coming to China, right? And yet he says, Bodhidharma didn't come to the eastern land. 
and his teacher deeply approves this. What does it mean? Didn't come to the eastern land. What does that mean? Imagine if I told you I didn't come to Illinois. What would you make of that? What would you make of that? I didn't come to Illinois. Now, I'll just... In a way, it's not so easy to clarify this. And yet it's important. See, it's not some word play about coming or not coming. Dogen's comment is, it is the principle that the great earth lacks an inch of land. The great earth lacks an inch of land. Then he says, since he didn't come to the eastern land, he meets eastern land face to face. What is he talking about? He's talking about this moment awareness. This moment awareness isn't past, future, coming, going. It's meeting face to face, this all-encompassing, this comprehensive, practice, the extensive practice, this whole universe that is our all-inclusive life. That's what Schwansha is saying, that's what his teachers are proving. It's what Dogen talks about, and it's what Joko talks about. Life as it is, the only teacher. Not life as it is isn't a teacher to teach me something, some life out there teaching me. If we take it that way, then it's not much use. Life as it is is revealing Exactly this awareness being just this moment are. That's why we can function as compassion's way. As the manifesting of life as it is the manifesting of awareness that isn't blinded by thoughts, isn't enchanted by self-delusion stories, reactions, hurts, efforts. Okay, I know you might have some comments to make, so I will stop here and then we I'll pick up this further tomorrow. So. Yes. Your mother 
died. I don't know the circumstance of your mother's death, so I won't say, but I'll, when you're with a parent that died, that's dying, and you're feeling sad that it's, it needs, now it could be overlaid by self-centeredness, it could be um, covered over by self-centeredness, but dying of someone with whom there's that loving connection, even though there might be other kinds of connections, is just part of being human. Well, maybe it's part of how I'm human, but I'm there. There's always some self-interest in the relationship. My mother, for example, it's, it's classic. My mother wasn't my mother. Yes, in, I, in biological sense. Yes, but she, she was your mother in other senses. Yes, but she thought of herself as that, and I thought of her as that. Then she was that. Yes. Good. So, but, you know, her dying, let me just say on Christmas morning, which is even more gruesome. Yeah, and that was, that was what the fuck, Christmas? Well, see, that's the self-centeredness. Yeah, then, but then it, was, you're not, it was all wound into it, you know, it's all that's, wound, there, there's right. no part, I'm just, I just want to say that it's for me. Yes. And this is probably more telling than I should let on. I can't parse it out other than from these things that affect me. Right. And we don't have to parse it out because awareness is who we are. So we don't have to create something to parse it out. But when we notice the, as you use the word, what's wound into it in the thought, emotion, reaction. Let's say, let me use that kind of general... It's not a matter of trying to separate them out, but a rather noticing that thought, emotion, self-centered aspect, noticing it as thought, or whatever, over and over, allows it to, in a sense, become and be more transparent. So it's a thought arising, passing, but not generating the reactive habit. But this is ongoing practice. It's not something that is a problem when it arises. It's a problem when we hold on to it or grasp it. And you're right. You're right. It tends to be so interwoven. I mean, that's one of the things you discover as you sit is how many things are interwoven in the simple acts of just sitting still upright, much less when you walk down the street and say hello to someone and have, well, he didn't look at me the way he should have, or you know what he said to me yesterday, or what if he notices that I, or da-da-da-da, especially if it's someone you quote know, whatever story we have about how we know someone and what we know of them. So, yes, even in simple sitting, breathing, as soon as we start, we start, we can notice where the self-centered thoughts that we hold on to. That's why we repeat that practice principles over and over, day, because it's so fundamental in our practice. It's so fundamental because it's such a strong habit for us much of the time and it's not quote bad except that it has consequences of suffering and harm and it's not there's no quote fault that except if we add on that judgment it seems natural and yet and yet it's something that has consequences that need not be, except that they are, but need not be the way we live because of what it does. And that's one of the reasons we sit. If I say in such a way, reasons to sit. One of the reasons we practice. Because we discover 
the suffering and harm that comes from habit, habitual reactions that we don't otherwise know, we don't otherwise see, and yet we're run by, magicked by, enchanted by, and caught by. One second, one second. Does that, do you want to say something else, or is that enough for right now? Uh, that's Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Lisa? I just, um, you said something toward the end that, um, about the line, um, life as it is, the only teacher. Yes. And, uh, so I realize, or I think maybe, that uh-huh. I've been thinking about that completely wrong based on what you just said. Uh-huh. And so I wonder if you would talk, because I, I think, I think what you just said is if you think that, it means um, life, the way that it is, you know, life, the things that happen, um, life, the way the people around me are, um, that, that that's, that's the teacher, then that you're thinking wrong. Isn't that what you said? Well, if you're thinking that's going to fix me, as opposed to that's revealing the universe that we are, this one body in all is the whole world in the ten directions that is who we are. Or or to say it another way, that's an end to suffering, to use the Four Noble Truths model. See, the opportunity of the end to suffering is being life as it is. The revealing of end of suffering is life as it is. Yeah, I don't think I'm getting that. I think I am coming, I have come more more from the angle of that, that's going to fix me. Okay, that's, In you know, words, it's fine. I understand something about, you know, being with life as it is, the stuff outside around me, then, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what... D- Dogen says when he says to carry self forward and confirm the 10,000 things is delusion. Not that to carry self forward and, ca- and confirm 10,000 things is bad, but it still maintains that self-centered, if the world has got to fix me, then it, it, we're still back to it's about fixing me. Yeah. And part, if we say all the world in the ten directions are the true human body, to quote that Schwansch's comment, that's life as it is. In all the ten directions is exactly revealing what my true body is. Then, when I say good morning and someone says good morning to me and I say thank you and they say you're welcome that's just two hands washing each other we don't have to make deals my right hand's going to wash my left hand only if my left hand washes my right hand at least I don't make those deals some of us might some kids might but (laughs) that's sort of kids games you could play you know maybe your right hand will wash your left hand and then but That's the nature that we're talking about. See, when we encounter, we only encounter ourselves. That's not so easy. That's why we call this face-to-face, comprehensive, all-inclusive, whatever word you want to use, this extensive study. That's the, the graph that they use is... Um, investigation that that's all include that's exactly what we're talking about that's the 10,000 things the whole universe advances and confirms our life that's awakening that's all beings are the wisdom and perfection of Tathagata the wisdom that sees, if I say it this way, I'll spell it out, sees the ongoing changing impermanence, the 
non-fixed, permanent, separate self of reality, or sees the emptiness of all the five conditions, thus relieves misfortune and pain. That's exactly what we're saying in the Heart Sutra. And it's to notice all the ways that we refuse to do that and the consequences of that. When we, I mean, if you think of the precepts as ways to reveal the different facets of where self-centeredness manifests, then you can get a sense of that. Whatever ways you want to pick up the precepts. Whatever ways we get, we are unable to be equanimous. I can't say that word. The way, the way equanimity is disturbed by things that we like or don't like, want or don't want, should or shouldn't. It's just who you are. Right, right. And, you know, I wish my life felt like that more. <laughs> you know, I mean, I have moments when I've sat where I just somehow something clicks in and you do feel like, oh, this is, this is okay. You know, everything's okay. But, it, you know, it, it's very elusive. And I guess, right. you know, I don't know. When that but, goes away, then I think, well, I guess I just... No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> Don't think that you have to create it. In a way, when it that's a very good reminder for you. When you notice it doesn't feel like that, use that as an opportunity to look. What are you believing or saying? Notice that thought and then be the bodily awareness as it is not feeling like that, that you call not feeling like that. Just be that experiencing. Right there is your gate, or your gateless gate, if I use that kind of expression. Did you say the word cape, C-A-P-E? He said gate. I said gate. No, no, you. When you you went to the Dharma Center and you bought a cape? No, tape. Tape. Oh, oh, tape. That's that's old technology. They don't have tapes it's anymore. Like, you know, the kind you put into a cassette player. Oh, I didn't vision you with my beautiful Dharma cape that you put all around you. Yeah. And I thought, well, maybe that could be a wonderful night. <laughs> well, that's what the robes are. I mean, this yeah, is a cape, and, and you have a. a, a 
discussion, I was thinking, so how do you deal with, you know, Mishigas of this world right now? Well, don't, don't worry about the world. How do you deal with the Mishigas of your family? Not very well. <laughs> right there is the opportunity. See, what? Excuse me, I should translate. The word Mishigas means craziness in, in Yiddish. So, Museki is using a Yiddish word. Uh, so, if we feel that there's a craziness here, right there is something to, to notice, to practice with those thoughts, feelings, judgments that I'm calling craziness and see what's skillful with this. Or, where am I getting caught up in judging it and getting upset about it or believing it or believing the stories I make about it or off in a reaction to it? And then I can't even begin to see what's skillful. The floods, floods are sad. Yes, people dying in floods is sad. Is what? Sad. Oh, yeah. I need to speak up louder. Excuse me. Yeah, but it's not a mishigas. It's the nature of life. Impermanence. The nature of impermanence is that circumstances occur, so-called natural, so-called unnatural, so-called human-caused, so-called other-caused, where there's harm and suffering occurs. Harm and pain, illness and death. Remember, The Buddha started his practice because he encountered people who were sick where there was no no remedy for their sickness, people who were dying where there was no remedy for their dying. We tend to see it on a larger scale because of our media, etc. So not only here in Illinois are you encountering it, but you know what goes on in Texas, in wherever else in the world these sorts of events occur, and they occur all the time. It's the nature of life that there are people born who have very short lives, whose lives are very painful, and there are beings who are born and very quickly grabbed up by a predator and eaten, and they suffer, they're in pain, they struggle, and then they die. So so we shouldn't analyze um, how this came to be. You want to analyze if it's useful for you? Analyze. If there's some, of course, if if your job is to take care of the flood controls in Texas, and please analyze it, figure See what needs to be done, given that this is the this rainfall is an extreme. It's the most that's ever been recorded at one time in in the United States. But um, at least that's what I read in the in somewhere in the media. But if that's your job, please do it. If you're if you're here in Illinois, what's skillful for you to do? Maybe you want to send money to someone. In, in Texas to help with those who've lost their homes and who are sick or dying. Maybe you want to do this. Maybe you want to do that. Maybe you want to sit with them in mind. Maybe someone should put on the service list all those suffering in the hurricane um, and the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey in Texas and wherever else. That's something easy to do. But I don't know what you can do about that from here. But we can certainly see where that is not so different from other, to use your word, mishigasin, that occur in our immediate life among people we know, people we live with in our neighborhood, people who 
might be in our family, and what can we do skillful? How can the precepts support us? How can our practice of noticing emotion, thoughts, or enchantments assist us to be this awareness that we are, to be this one body world that we are? The Buddha, 2,500 years ago, in uh, I've talked about one of the, this sutra before, the Fire Sermon Sutra, where he starts, um, "All is burning. What is all that is burning? Eye is burning. Forms are burning. Eye consciousness, eye contact, etc. Ear is burning, etc. Nose, tongue, body, mind, burning meaning." burning with self-centeredness, burning with attachment, burning with hatred, burning with, he says, birth, aging, death, burning with greed, hatred, delusion, burning with sorrow, lamentation, pain, displeasure, and despair. So this is 2,500 years ago. The Buddha was talking about this very same thing, which is what we humans encounter and what we get where we get blinded by our self-centeredness or the word he uses is enchantments attachments same words I mean no he doesn't use those words he didn't speak English obviously and those are translations from whatever language uh, Sanskrit Prakrit whatever language the Buddha spoke but it's the very same thing. If we, if we are the cause of some of this... Are you? Well, if we drive cars... No, 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 no. Let, let's go for you. Are you the cause of Mishigas in where there's this thing happening in your family? In my family? Yeah. Do I be the cause of it? Yeah. Probably, to some extent. Then, then right there is the practice. Not in looking at past cause, but see what we do now. In fact, in fact, part of what what we're doing when we do Gatha of Atonement <coughs> is beginning to address, acknowledging and being at one with things that have so-called I've done or so-called have been done to me. Someone asked me why, I mean, because we started last night stunning this and then I'm going to end because I'm going too, too long. Last night we started session with the Gatha of Atonement and then this morning we do it again. We'll, if the universe goes the way I planned, tomorrow morning we'll do it again. Um, someone said to me, well, we did it last night. Why do we do it this morning again? I mean, I didn't do it very much, but... but Part of Gatha of Atonement is not about things we do just now, but it's being present. We discover all sorts of, quote, held harm, whether it's harm that so-called was done to me or harm that I so-called did to others. We discover it just in the process of sitting, just in the process of it appears. And if we have a reaction to it, a self-centered reaction, then right there is our opportunity to acknowledge and be at one with it in a skillful practice way, rather than holding on to, he did this to me, I did that to her because she deserved it, or whatever other story, and, or just about ourselves. And I don't know what else. I think it's way too early to say anything about hurricanes, except that hurricanes continue, have hit Texas, and in fact, I'll say, my wife's family comes from Houston, and they've regularly had hurricane damage in the house, the houses that they had there. So this is, this is a particularly severe one, but Houston has always had flooding problems, and now, it's, since it's grown, it's I heard it, it's the fourth largest city in the United States. It has even more flooding problems because there's more people in a place that was originally swamps and bayous and is now uh, 
has people trying to live in what always used to get wet and flood. So, so, but we could leave that aside because we have our own flooding, our own hurricanes, and hurricanes of the mind, hurricanes of attachment, hurricanes of what people so-called do to us and what we so-called do to others and what we so-called do to ourselves, And that's our practice opportunity all the time. So, thank you.